When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Hello and welcome to Footballist the Arsenal. Once again, you'll notice it's not the voice of Boyd Hilton. He's decided that the 50 Shades of Grey Premier is where he's going to spend his evening. And after a weekend where Arsenal were dominated, I think it's time we get three new people to give us their their mindsets on where Arsenal are at the moment. We're joined by the voice of Arsenal, I'm very excited to say, ladies and gentlemen, Nigel Mitchell. Nigel, great to have you with us. Well, it's great to be invited. Thanks for inviting me along. Yeah, it's good. Well, it's fantastic. That, you know, it's a voice we've become so so recognised around the stadium. It's even when you, you know, we we know your face from the big screen, but just hear your voice is just wonderfully. It is the voice of Arsenal. Oh, is that fair? People say that to you, the voice of Arsenal. So, well, funny enough, because I voice a show called Arsenal World, which goes yes. out internationally as well. And um, a couple of seasons ago, before we started doing the pitch side stuff, uh, where I wasn't in vision, I was sort of just a, just a voice for the for the program. Um, we were um, at the Emirates Cup. And a lot of uh, international fans come to the Emirates Cup because obviously the tickets are more available. There's no season tickets and all that kind of stuff. And we were having a post-match drink in one of the local uh, local pubs and got talking to some American fans. And uh, uh, my the production team for Arsenal World were there and were chatting away. And they said, "Oh, so you know, how do you find out about Arsenal?" They go, "Oh, we watch the show Arsenal World." Yeah. And they went, "Oh, well, this is Nigel. He does the voice." And they went, "No way." Photos. Was there a photo? Photos Selfies. and and the classic was do the voice, man. As <laughs> so if I, you have a different yeah, voice. It's well, a, a bit of a broadcast voice, maybe. maybe. So I had to do uh, our old our old intro was it was their world now it's yours and so they made me do that in the middle of this pub and then he got his mate over and was like oh my god listen do it again do it again so yes yeah, it's, it's bizarre because when when we do the show. Um, we, none of it goes out in the UK, obviously, because of rights issues and all that kind of stuff. Whereas, if you obviously, if you want to watch more football, you have to live overseas um, because of the rights. And so, all of the programming that we do, a lot of it anyway, goes out goes out in those countries. So, when we record the show, you kind of go, "Oh, that's nice, got a nice show there," but then you almost forget that people see yeah. it at the other end. And so, it's nice to get that nice to get that recognition. Okay, well, we'll come back a bit more to your role at Arsenal. Also, got Graham Goodkind here with us, the main man from Frank PR, one of the big PR agencies in London. I think still with Camden, still in Camden. Still up the road in Camden, still yeah. Still in Camden. Season ticket holder. Season ticket holder since what I was block? six. Oh, probably since you were six. Yeah, which is a long time ago. That's a commitment. Yeah. There's no testimonials, though, for being a season ticket holder Maybe for that not, length of no, time. No. Block, what uh, block are you now? 113. So I took you a moment. 
East Stand. I've got to remember. I remember. I always think of blocks as Block B, which is where I was at Highbury, yeah. but um, which is just opposite where the players come out in the upper tier. I know you like your people normally that sit in the well, not at all. Level, no, no. I'm down with the people. I'm not one of them, so to speak. The, you know, Boyd and Alex last week was talking about being with the Riziki family in the box, and Boyd sits with Dermot O'Leary in club level. But I'm Ray Man. I'm a, you know Block Twelve at the moment. I seem to. Have, well, I've taken my cousin's seasons against. He's gone to America, so I've taken Ben Winston, formerly of this podcast. I've taken his seasons against some happily residing in Block 12. We've also got a good friend of mine, Michael, who's actually moving abroad to Hong Kong very soon. And what are you doing with your season ticket, Michael? What's happening? Funnily enough, I've only just managed to get rid of it just this evening. Don't, hang so. on, we don't like the phrase, get rid of it. Here. That sounds like completely wrong. We've got people all over the world who love the idea, wish they could have a ticket, and you're like, as if you couldn't get... I could have, I could have used this for a forum to actually sell it now. That could have been a great competition it. prize, it surely. Could, yeah. <laughs> are you Why donating it? think about this beforehand, Josh? <laughs> I don't know. So you, you, you've, sold, you've had yours since the move to the Emirates? I have since the move to the Emirates. There was nine painful years on the waiting list prior to that, but... Got the ticket, Road 27, North Bank. It's, uh, it's a great view. It's not quite the view, I guess, uh, Alex and uh, Boyd and are Boyd accustomed get. to. No. But, uh, you're right, you're right at the back. What you won? Be with real fans you? as opposed 101. to... With the real fans, yeah, exactly. if that's what you mean. Well, you blocked 101, is that right? Uh, 103. 103, 103, 103, right at the back. Yeah. Bit bird's eye view of what's, uh, of what's going on. So who's taking your ticket? Uh, someone from work's husband has decided he'd oh, tremendous. Ticket. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> okay. I've left him in amongst my friends for the next uh, at least year and a half. All right. Well, I think let, let's just very quickly recap. I mean, there's, it feels like a, a lifetime ago, really, that, that game at Spurs last Saturday. So we'll, we'll go through it very quickly. Graham, uh, a derby defeat. I mean, Spurs have taken four points off us this season. It meant at the time they went above us in the league. It was a poor performance overall, but are you, were you overly concerned? I think it was a poor performance. I think Spurs played very well. I didn't like to say it at the time. I certainly wouldn't have said it to any Spurs yeah. friends either. But, you know, they played well and they, I think they won it in midfield, really. They, their midfield was all over ours. And I think Cochrane had a good game. Ramsey was quiet and lost the ball a lot. And Cazorla looked really out of sorts. Um, and that's been a big power source for us in the last few games I think but then it it, it it kind of was poor and I think apart from that that was the difference and you got Harry Kane who's uh, just seems to score for fun at the moment but I, I was disappointed with our performance a lot of people said oh they didn't want it badly enough I never believed that in football so I think yeah. footballers always want it I just think they didn't play as well as they could and Spurs did play as well as they could and you know sometimes you've got to hold your hand up and say fair yeah. play yeah I think the worst is when you leave a football ground and you feel frustrated because you didn't get the result you deserved but that, that definitely wasn't the case I know you, you were away over the weekend but you watched the game Michael was it, it was just one of them where you just have to hold your hands up. I did. I did happen to watch the game with two Spurs fans as oh, well. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, added to the misery, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm not sure. I've got to be careful what I say with a company man in the house. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I think, I th- I think in, in fairness... He doesn't pick the team, unless yeah, I've really misunderstood uh, <laughs> the nature of your role in my <laughs> um, I think I think the team themselves were a little bit toothless in their performance. I think we yeah. went out with the same approach we did against Man City, yeah. but the opposition were very aware of what we were going to do. And like like you said, we they actually the midfield was just completely bossed by Ben Taleb and Mason. And as good a players as they are, I'd expect players in the in the quality of Ramsey and Cazorla to come out on top of those two. They pressed us out of the game, really, didn't uh, they? Because we were sort of waiting absolutely. and waiting and waiting. And then you know the the one time when we uh, well a couple of times we we broke. But we were effective in that break, weren't we, for that goal? And that was, I think, the, the game plan was to hold, hold, hold and then go for it. And that was an amazing goal. Great goal, but we sort of need to do that a little bit more. But they didn't let us. They were, they were very effective, weren't they? They cancelled yeah. us out. I, I think also that they were, you know, uh, 
as you say, press the slot and a, a booking early on for Mason, who I think deserve one, might have let them sort of mm-hmm. meant they wouldn't snap at our heels so much. But I don't think we got the rub of the green there, and um, and they you know were much more physical in us in that aspect. One, one thing I will say um, for any doubters out there is that that game means the most to the Arsenal players. You know, I've spoken to enough of them over the years, and the first thing when they sign for Arsenal is they get told how important that game is. And it's the first fixture they look at when the fixtures come out. When are we playing Tottenham? They always look at those fixtures and it's the most passionate fixture. So to say they, they didn't look as though they had passion, I, I don't believe that for a second because I've spoken to enough of them over the years that you know that that means the world to them and they hurt a lot because of Saturday. Mm. But I think it probably probably the Spurs players ask the same question when's the fixture and it yes, means the yeah. same to them as yeah, well and, huge, that, and huge. that showed as well. Mm. I mean the scenes after last year's victory there I mean there was quite that was it, who was it? Podolski it was who took that, that amazing picture. Yeah, clearly it did mean something to them. Just one very quick thing about the game that I thought was maybe surprised Welbeck having been injured came straight back into the team, which is the complete opposite of what he's, what he's done with Theo, albeit obviously Theo out for a, an awfully lot longer. And, you know, Welbeck straight into the team. I don't know quite how I feel, Michael, about him being in, on, the, on the right. I don't mind him up front, but on the, the right of a front three. It was, it was quite a strange move. Uh, Although he set up the goal. Yeah, it worked. Exactly, exactly. That, was, that was the point I was going to make, is that well, 10, 15 minutes in or whenever we scored, you're thinking, hang on a minute, he's got the beating of... Danny Rose, as yeah. you'd hope most players do. And, uh, and yeah, it, it looked to work at the start, but then I think he went missing a little bit. Um, maybe he was a bit worried about Theo coming in. From a defensive standpoint, that could have contributed to it as well. Okay. I think Adrian Clark made the point on the breakdown, uh, which is available to watch now, by the way, on Arsenal Player. Um, <laughs> we like Adrian. <laughs> Adrian's come in a few times. Um, We're big fans. And he was saying that... Um, uh, Danny, obviously, well, part of his role would have been to help Hector out, and he maybe didn't do that necessarily enough in the yeah. game, and that was, you know, maybe where some of the flaws came from. Um, but he, uh, you know, as you say, that that goal was thanks to his his break down that side. Yeah, and a good ball in. Um, and, and I think also, if you're going to play that way with uh, sort of counter-attacking style and sit back and suck up pressure, then you need quick players. Um, arguably, you needed maybe Walcott and Welbeck mm. uh, on the pitch, not just one of them, um, you know, to actually do the counter-attacking bit, which, you know, we sort of did sporadically, but not nearly enough to worry them enough. Let, let's move on, because I'm aware that you know, Tottenham seems to do uh, a long time ago. And also the universe has corrected itself. Corrected itself. So I was saying, Spurs went above Arsenal, then they obviously drew at Anfield. I saw, and, um, I saw Boyd's tweet them. saying it's cancelled it out. So yeah. what game? I don't know anything exactly. about it. <laughs> 2-1 win for Arsenal against Leicester. But I came away f- from the stadium feeling like it, it didn't really feel like a victory. It felt like incredible that we were being held quite comfortably in that second half by a team at the bottom of the Premier League. I can't remember us creating very much at all in that second half and 2-0 at half-time felt like a very flattering, almost incorrect scoreline. Is that how it perceived to you? Yeah, I felt you know, I, I felt exactly the same. I thought Leicester were, 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 were good miles better than the other teams down the bottom yeah. Yeah. that like, we've I mean, seen recently. Villa, who came uh, different, there, we different, I thought they were completely different. Very fast, very quick and... You know, I thought, you know, they, they put up a really good show. That number 40 for them, I can't put the Kramerich or... Kramerich, Also, yeah. I mean, scored a good goal, but Great. also, looked, you know, looked very dangerous. And mm. they had the two white guys that were, you know, pushing us back the whole sort of time. And in the second half, we didn't look like we could hold on to the ball that well as well. The boss even said you were unlucky, I think, at the end. To, when he shook Nigel Pearson's hand, he said, well, you were, you were unlucky tonight. Mm. You know. At least Nigel Pearson yeah. gets his hands to himself. <laughs> maybe, One the players, yeah, maybe the players were just scared of what Nigel Pearson would do. <laughs> yes, maybe he thought, boss, placate him before any of us get hurt. 
Um, Ozil, maybe Michael though, was another you know another good performance of what has been a really good month again for you know for another player. We talked about Cochrane earlier in the uh, section about Nigeria, but absolutely what a good month for Ozil. I mean, one thing, one thing I try and do with Ozil's a player that clearly divides a lot of opinion. Mm. Um, so I try and spend when I'm at the game, I spend some time just watching him and what he does and how he makes space for other players. And I don't think that's fully appreciated no. because of the way he composes himself on the pitch. But you look at him again, like Wenger said, he goes, watch him the second time around and see what he does. And then you'll be pleasantly surprised. And I think he just adds so much to everyone else's game. He's amazing to watch. When you, if you, as you say, if you just concentrate on him, although it's hard to, to sort of not watch the other action, you just look at what he does. And there's an example, I think, if you rewatch the highlights, you can see that um, one of Theo's chances... And Mesut just passes the ball and cuts out so many yeah. players and just suddenly just sees Theo and sees that opportunity. That's through ball where he that, tried to yeah. dink um, it over the fantastic. keeper and it's just him on the chest. Yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so listen, it's a, a top four is... Clearly the only priority in terms of the league. We're not going to win the league. Second place, you could have said if you know, results had gone a little bit better, maybe it was achievable. But I think third is the realistic aim now. Is, is that how you say I mean, I'm quite confident we can finish third. Despite, I mean, we've, we've sort of started the first eight, nine minutes of the podcast here being a bit negative about the Tottenham, so clearly we're better than us, that we've had to hang on against, against Leicester and just cling to a victory there. But the big thing was, I guess, two win and at least we're back above Spurs and we're fifth in the table. Are you just completely confident we'll be okay for you know, third or fourth or are you worried? Because okay. Southampton aren't going away as much as we try to. United aren't playing very well but seem yeah. to keep winning. Still a long way back to go. In it. I think there's still a long way to go. There's lots of games left. Um, you know, the thing that we should make you less worried is the fact that we've been in this position for the last 14, 15 years and managed to do it every season despite varying opposition. So there's experience, I think, which counts for a lot. And I think with all our players coming back, we've got a great squad to pick from, even though we've still got a couple of injuries and Ramses out now as well. We've still got, uh, an, uh, you know, probably the best squad, I think, out of the remaining teams outside the top two. There's no way we shouldn't do it. I wouldn't be overconfident, but I'd be pretty confident, I think. I saw um, something on Twitter the other night. Uh, some, a fan had done a spreadsheet of the run-in and had worked out everyone's games to the run-in, like colour-coded and everything. And on paper, we've, we've got... That's not you, is it? No. <laughs> Michael, Michael, what have you done? Well, I, as an avid listener, I know that you always come prepared, so I thought I'd better come prepared. That's unbelievable. Something to, uh, it was you, Michael. About. Well done. What, what have you concluded, yeah. Michael? Just not, before we go not, back to not a proper Excel spreadsheet, though, though, is oh, it? Oh, it is. I'm a is big fan of the Excel spreadsheet. I'd, I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, again, the medium of radio is not helping here, <laughs> but there are, there are highlighted, there's bold, there's even some pen that's been added <laughs> at a later date. Well, yeah. So what, what was the conclusion so then, you, Michael? You want, me to talk, you want me to talk you through this? Well, with a bit of brevity, maybe. I basically took the teams that I consider in and around us mm. and the points and what the games we have left and then who's actually most likely okay. to finish top out of that yes. and oh, you look at our running versus the other teams and yeah. I've just what I've done is I've highlighted the games against the top seven yeah. and we've got the fewest we've got the fewest away as well mm. and you look at the other teams around us like Spurs they've got Fiorentina and mm. Chelsea to add into that as well so mm. I think our toughest away game is United isn't yeah, it by exactly. yeah. you'll see that in red don't have a great record at United <laughs> no, yeah, unfortunately to not. say in recent years so what did you conclude? Becoming third? What was a, did you get that far in your spreadsheet or did you... I, I didn't get that far. Your spreadsheet, just not that look, complex. No, 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 no. <laughs> nothing, nothing quite that far yet. Just something... Basically, you've just written out lists of teams. <laughs> and then put little colours by them. And well. little colours. Well, yeah. I have to say the one on Twitter had, had more colours than just the red on there. It's it well, much more detailed. Shooting down mics. Well, yeah, I'm just... It's, you know, it was, uh, there's, 
it's room for improvement on the next spreadsheet. If I get invited back, Josh, Josh I promise to, uh, to improve. Yeah, it's that's... definitely the best one we've seen in here. Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. You haven't yeah. peaked uh, yeah. on that spreadsheet. But you were saying, Nigel, so you, the, the feeling around the club must still be that we'll, we'll get that top four. I think so. I mean, it, every, everyone's very positive about it. I think it, uh, the mindset is that um, you know, the games are, are definitely winnable and you've got to go into every game going, we're going to win this. And that's, I think, the, the mentality of the club. There is positivity around. And, um, yeah, I don't see why we can't get top four. You know. No, I agree. Um, and even just... the FA Cup, you know, the, we, we, Middlesbrough this weekend, yes, OK, it's a tough fixture. Yes, they beat uh, Manchester City. But why, why can't we retain that trophy? Yeah, I think, actually, look at our home form. I mean, we had that one defeat to Man United. Mm. But otherwise, at home, we've been really rather good. 29 home, in 30, I think it is, we've won at home now in the Premier League. So that's okay. a good record. Yeah, and I think we could do with another, in one of our easier games, some more goals. I think, you know, if it is going to be tight, which it, look like it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be tight, that goal difference is worth an extra point as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I know ours is a lot better than Tottenham's and Liverpool's at the moment, but Southampton and Man United's is there or thereabouts. So, you know, banging a few goals in one of our easier games would make a bit of a difference because I think it could be, you know, the narrowest of margins at the moment when it gets to it at the end. Yeah, I mean, this could be the bit that is just as interesting, I guess, for, for the TV coverage come the end of a season because you have to assume Chelsea are, are going to have won that league possibly with even two games to spare, um, certainly, I guess, by the final day. But in theory, I guess, you know, certainly for that, you know, third and fourth spot, United, Southampton, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, all at the moment, just five points um, separating them all. So I guess that's going to be the exciting bit come the end of the season, unless your spreadsheet is going to tell us otherwise. <laughs> I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think it will, to be honest. I, you don't think it will? Do, well, you think United like, and Arsenal pull away? No, or I mean, what I do like about this, which we talk about um, during the game on, on the other night, it's mm. that it's nice that there's four or five teams battling it out mm. for two places. It makes it interesting for everyone, I think. But who knows what can happen between now and the end of the season? I mean, it's so difficult to predict the Premier League anyway, isn't it? Last couple of seasons, I mean, last year you've gone Liverpool. That's Liverpool's, you know. And then with the, with the Gerrard slip, it sort of all slipped away, didn't it? And then it just changed. And so who knows? I mean... You've got to remain positive, I think. Yeah. Also, I are you, think, you're still backing us for the title then? No, well, sure you, I don't positive. know about that. I'm not going to go out on a limb and, and say that. Line, but but no, I just think, why, why not? Are you declaring Arsenal out the title? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not declaring no. Arsenal. We're 14 points behind with 13 games to go. But it's a bit sad, in a way, that we're discussing the battle for third and fourth hmm. and not being involved in the battle for first or second. I again. Actually, yeah. Again, you know, yeah. you know, if we look at last season, for the first half of the season, we were there or thereabouts thinking that we might have a chance and obviously fell away to the end. I get, don't know, I've been going along time now to the Arsenal I get a bit I don't to me winning third getting third or finishing fourth isn't a trophy it definitely isn't and I can't I don't get that much satisfaction out of it the thing that's making it a bit interesting this year is Spurs look decent and there's quite a nice battle between us and them in terms of this battle otherwise I'm sorry I, I can't get that excited by going for third or fourth yeah. this year I've got but to also, go for I mean, number one it's interesting you mentioned about the Spurs rivalry because I assume Michael and I raised similar age we can't really remember a time when Spurs, like, as in, I remember the 1994-5 season when we came 12 and Stuart Houston took us to a Cup Winners' Cup final, but I don't remember it like in the way that, you know, as I obviously would, as I got older. So for us to have this, what, 18, 19 years, whatever it's been now, just 
dominance over Spurs. We've just absolutely taken it for granted. But you obviously remember times when, when Tottenham were the better team out of the two. Yeah, I'm not that old. I can't. I still wasn't born when Spurs won the no. league. So, uh, you know, I, I don't go back that far. But yeah, I mean, growing up, it was you're either Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea were, were just nothing. Obviously, they've got no history anyway, as we know. But they certainly weren't anything when I was growing up. You were either Arsenal or Spurs. And, and it was pretty level pegging. One season, they'd finish above us. Yeah. You know, the other way, be, the next season would be the other way around. And it was, it was actually a really good rivalry. You're right. For the last 15, 18 years, it's been so one-sided that um, we've just sort of taken the mickey out of them most of the time. But, you know, now it's actually, I think, the closest it's been. I think they've got a good manager and, um, you know, they're, they're on a good run. Hopefully that won't be the case in a few games' time. But um, it's certainly, you know, they're, they're, they're getting confident again. It was quite nice, wasn't it, that our game finished slightly earlier the other night. So, you know, if you were near a TV, yes. you could watch... You could watch Liverpool. And what a time for Balotelli yeah, to just score. just as all the Arsenal fans <laughs> yeah, were coming out, there was exactly. a big roar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, as we were walking to the, you know, just out the stadium, there was this, I don't know about you, Michael, there was this big roar that sort of went up and we were kind of like, oh, brilliant, Liverpool have scored, which was uh, And who else? Fantastic. Why always him? Why always yeah. him? Yeah. Why always him? <laughs> but now it means something when Spurs lose, you know, because they're yeah. close, which is it's kind of, yeah, good. It is important. Yeah. But look, we, we've come back from much worse positions in terms of the table with Arsenal and, and, and Spurs, and we hope we'll do it again. But look, we've got... Nigel, as I said, great to have you with us. I just want to know a bit more about what life is like uh, as an Arsenal employee. So we'll we'll concentrate on on you for a few minutes. And I'm sure Graham and Michael have also got questions. But just talk us through. You're an Arsenal fan. I am an Arsenal fan. Uh, My first game was Arsenal against Crystal Palace at Highbury. I think it was the... Well, the mural was there in the North Bank. So I think it was the... That nine, around 91, 92, would that have been? Yeah. Sometime around then. And my, uh, my godfather, who is a massive Arsenal fan, uh, sadly no longer with us, but his daughter still is a season ticket holder, and he took, took me and Chloe along to watch Arsenal, and I thought, yes. <laughs> I quite like this. I think Ian Wright had just... That was Ian Wright's first season mm. as well. Um, so that was big, because obviously he was playing against his old team. And, uh, yeah, from, so from then, I've sort of been a big Arsenal fan, and... Uh, yeah, so to, to, to work for the club is, is a dream. What was the journey? Just, I mean, I, I don't need to know what you got in your GCSEs, yeah. but I mean, what, <laughs> how did you end up working for Arsenal? Well, my background was, uh, was children's television. So yeah. I spent, you know, a good part of my career uh, doing that kind of stuff. And um, when, when that came to a, to a natural end, as, as children's television does, um, my agent at the time said, well, um, I know you're an Arsenal supporter. I said, yes, I am. And she said, well, Arsenal are setting up a TV channel. Uh, would you like to go and meet them and have a chat? And for a screen test, she said, and I said, oh, yes, no problem. So I went along, ready for this screen test, and uh, the guy who was setting up the channel at the time welcomed me to Highbury House, took me upstairs, and we had a coffee for about an hour and a half, and I thought, when am I doing this screen test? And it never materialised, and we just talked about the games that I liked at Arsenal, my favourite games, and then he said, OK, well, write me a, write me a five-minute news bulletin, because we're doing this show called Arsenal Today. And, um, yeah, I'll get back to you. So he said, go onto the website, sort of make it your own. And, uh, and I did that. And that was Christmas 2007, I think. And then, uh, yeah, they, they called me in. I think I started on January the 3rd uh, for, the, for the channel, as it was at the time. Yeah. And, um, and my role was very different then. I was, like, training ground reporter, and um, I went to the reserve games and things like that. It was a very steep learning curve, if I'm being honest, because I'd never worked in sport. And they, Arsenal, I'm very grateful to the, the people there for putting their trust in me to do it because it was a very steep learning curve at the time, you know, learning how to do it basically on the job. Um, but I, I love it. 
absolutely love it so i don't know if you mark you look like you're about to ask a question yeah, yeah i mean just just as a fan just trying to remain professional in that sort of environment is something yeah. i definitely struggle with i mean <laughs> how do you how do you keep your composure when you're meeting essentially people you've watched over the past few years well there is that and I, the, because the job has evolved over the years I and mean, the pitch side stuff was introduced about two years ago and uh, that was in a tuesday uh, i go in every tuesday to record the arsenal world voiceover yeah. And uh, one member of the team said, um, how, how would you feel about doing interviews pitch side on, on match days? And I thought, oh, I didn't think about it. I went, yes, please. Yeah. And um, so that sort of materialised from there. And then they said, well, we're going to get a legend uh, down or a former gunner, uh, famous fans maybe, just to sort of introduce a bit more interactivity at pitch side and give something for the fans to watch at half time. And um, so, yes, there are moments where you go, Wow. I'm interviewing Tony Adams, and I grew up watching Tony yeah. Adams. And the other night, you know, the other night was a prime example. Two of my favourite players of all time, Wrighty and Lee Dixon. And what a reception they got. What a reception. And that is such a... When you're presenting that, you feel that buzz and the, you know, the, the tingles when you say, Ian Wright and Lee Dixon, and the place goes crazy. You know, wow. And I pinch myself every, every match day. I pinch myself. If I had a pound for every tweet I get going, you've got the best job in the world. I go, well, yeah, you know, it's, I'm so lucky and I really appreciate it. And it's a wonderful club to work for. But the little kid inside of you does go, I'm talking to Lee Dixon. <laughs> talking to Ian Wright. But you have to go, hi, Ian, how are you, uh, how are you doing? So let's say, uh, hypothetically, Spurs TV offered you double your money to nah. go and work for them. No chance. See? No chance. Triple. No chance. No chance. Well, the funny thing... <laughs> you should, by the way. <laughs> the, the funny thing is I do some work for the, for the Premier League. So there's a, a Premier League schools tournament that happens every year. And... Um, that happens at various grounds around the country. Yes. So we started, well, the, the one I first started, thanks to Arsenal, was at Emirates. Yeah. And then Premier League said, well, can you come back next year? We're going to Anfield. And yeah. then last year was at um, Man City. And this year, funnily enough, is at White Hart Lane. So it's very interesting going to see those other stadiums from that point of view when you're pitch side and you actually see how things operate. And I'm always very, very grateful to you, come back to Emirates. It's such a wonderful place to work, you know. Obviously, you're such a key part of Arsenal's media output. Do you take an interest in what other clubs are doing? Because we're, we've spoken about it here, I think, ages ago. Maybe my, I think I remember Ben talking about it on here, how like the tunnel cam Man City do is, is mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And there's other things. Are you, do you take an interest in sort Arsenal, of how other clubs do it and look what you can learn? Arsenal are constantly looking at ways to improve the matchday experience. And um, one of the things, I don't know if you noticed last weekend, I think for the Villa game, we had David Hillier pitch side yes. and we did a bit of half-time analysis. And maybe we'll do some more of that. I don't know. We've got the technology now to enable us to do that. And it's something that other stadiums don't do. Well, where you interact time. with a big screen. Yeah. And, and we'll say, well, let's have a look idea. at some stats for the f- from the first half. David, who's the key player here? And David can say, well, last, last week he focused on Santi. Yeah. And then we had the stats to back that up. And I think as a fan at the game, you're not necessarily going to have that at your fingertips. And you've got someone who's played for the club, who knows football, to telling maybe something that you, you're not aware of in the game. So we may be looking at introducing a little more of that just to mix it up a bit with the legends. So you have a legend one week, maybe a bit of analysis another week, just to try and keep it up. Well, hopefully, I mean, I, it's, it, we're doing it, so we're on the other side, but hopefully as fans you enjoy what we do at halftime and you find it hopefully enjoyable. <laughs> 
No, we do. I, I stay yeah. in my seat generally at half time. Yeah. I can never be bothered. I, if anyone's all like, come and meet at half time, I can never be bothered. <laughs> you just never want to have to walk around the stadium and go through the people, <laughs> get your drink beforehand. Mm. I, I, unless you're, I mean, I'm, I'm a stay in my seat man, so mm. I, I do pay attention. And mm. you had actually one of my relatives, Alan oh, Sefton. Alan. Well, um, what a legend Alan is. Yeah, we're actually yeah. fantastic. Yeah. We, we, we've given him enough uh, <laughs> praise here, probably due time. But uh, Alan Sefton, MBE, mm. we should say. But yeah, generally, there's people, I sit in my seat. Are you, uh, what, well, what, I, I don't want to put you on the spot here, Michael, but <laughs> just what, what do you do well, in block do. one? I do, I do go and meet a couple of friends, but oh. we actually stand in block 105, mm. so we can still see everything mm. that's going on. I think it's on still on, it's on the big screen, yeah. it's also around the concourse, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, you can still hear it. I'm in um, my seat too, so oh, yeah. I'm always Good man. Thank yeah, you I don't, I'm not one of these men. So, uh, just one, one, where, where do you watch the game from? I, I sit next to the tunnel. Uh, so um, in between the you two benches... You with Do you and him hang out there? That's what I always imagined. I was thinking, where do you go? Yeah, so I, I um, sit where... Well, sometimes next to Jeff Shreves and all the TV guys down okay. there. So it's great because we get the, the monitor. We sometimes can see the incidents um, that, uh, that happen during... during the game and also you get to hear some of some of the managers thoughts on on both sides and some of the some of the away managers are quite entertaining to watch who's the my favorite manager to watch is probably tony pulis purely from a point of view that he does some kind of it's, it's like watching a fitness video where the, the amount he jumps up and down is just amazing. You think, how much energy has this guy got? And then he's shouting, he's screaming, and he's jumping up and down. He's very entertaining to watch as a, as a manager um, and the way he sort of commands his team. And you look, look to the other side and you see, you see our, our, our boss, and he's just calm and he's doing, you know, doing what he's doing. It's just like the complete contrast. I but, thought you were uh, going to say doing his jacket. No. <laughs> you weren't going there. I'm not going that. I, I that think jacket. it gets too much attention. Yeah. I'm not going to go anywhere yeah. with that. That's so last year. So last year. Um, and a bit of this year, yeah. So no, so I'm very, I, I'm very lucky with the with the position, the position we watch the game in, and uh, yeah, we get to hear who's coming on and off substitutes and all that kind of stuff before uh, before it gets announced. So um, yeah, sometimes we feed the information along to. Ever fancy having work going? Listen, I respect you, Arsene here, but I just I've got my own thoughts about this <laughs> sub you're about to make. No. No, I leave it up to the man who knows. He knows far more about football than I do. So, uh, and, and dealing with, with, with him, and, mm. and uh, I mean, there are people, there must be, naturally, if you take a group of 20 men who are in the squad, there must be some players that are a bit more amenable to, to doing the media side of work. Is there sort of one player that stands out as always being particularly helpful and you enjoy sort of doing work with? Yes, um, there are I mean, some, some players I have more interaction with than others purely because uh, they are, um, their English is maybe a little bit better than some of the, some of the, the newer players who have come in. Um, um, Theo is always a dream to talk to. The Ox is always brilliant. Wojciech, I love it. If I know that I've got an interview or, or something with Wojciech, it's, you just know that he's going to be fantastic. Um, the, boss is, the boss is great. Um, you know, the, the, one, of the, one of the highlights for me in my time there was the parade, the FA Cup parade. And that was such a proud moment, standing up there and announcing the FA Cup winning team yeah. onto that stage outside. I actually had a little tear <laughs> when I was announcing the names. And um, yeah, so I had to interview the boss then. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's uh, th- th- those, those, kind of, those kind of players maybe. But um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Wojciech because uh, James Olley, who, who comes off from the London mm. Standard, he was saying as well, even, even when it's been the glum 5-1 and 6-0 mm. defeats mm. away from home, he even for a young man has sort of come out yeah. and, and given... Um, you know, given interviews and been very good. And maybe we'll come on to, we expect him to come back into the team. But I just mm-hmm. want to speak to uh, Graham a little bit. Graham, incredibly experienced in PR. Do you, I mean, what, how do you feel 
Arsenal's PR is, and it's difficult to say this to an employee who does you know a great job on you know a key part of Arsenal is obviously their their media to you know for the PR side, but it's changed drastically over over a period of time. I think in PR you've got two aspects to it. I mean you've got the brand PR, Arsenal the brand, and then you've got the day to day media relations stuff, which is you know how we deal with the media on yep. various issues that might happen and uh, and stuff like that. From a brand point of view, I think in the last few years they've become a machine arsenal in terms of how they market themselves, not just in the UK, but globally. You know, obviously the work that you do and having a media channel, a media outlet is part and parcel of that. And the work they do in terms of their fan base outside the UK, you know, to strengthen their brand. I think the brand actually stands for something and what that's what they've done very well in that. I mean, they've got professional guys there. One of them's an old client of mine that, you know, is an ex-PepsiCo marketeer who, who runs everything there. And I think does a brilliant job in terms of communicating what Arsenal's all about to the fans and potential fans. But do you, do you find it interesting? You, you obviously, rare experience in PR, you're immediately going the brand. Mm. But to, to say, say my card, just use an example, uh, and me, it, you know, I've sort of worked a little bit around sports, so I've become more and more used to it and accepting of it. But there's something very horrible about the idea of, of those 60,000 fans that come to the Emirates of, you know, thinking of their club as a brand. But that's just simple reality, isn't it? Yeah, well, maybe it's just the way I look at something, given what yes. I've done all my life well, in, think... in, in the day job. But, you know, to me, I look at it as a club that is actually very adept at communicating. I think they do very well from that point of view. And I think they actually do pretty well in terms of how they communicate from a, just a media and the standpoints they take on certain things. I think, for me, Arsenal has always stood for something. It's the Arsenal. There's a certain way of doing stuff. It's very British without having that many British players necessarily. But it's always done the right thing in the right way. And I think that's endured uh, you know, over the years. And I think that's something that makes me feel good about Arsenal as a, as a, as a club to support. That's a phrase you always hear, actually. And when I speak to the, to the legends and just around the club, you always hear about, well, that's not the Arsenal way or yeah. that's the Arsenal way. And it's afraid the Arsenal way is very much a... a and I think that's become thing. stronger over the last Definitely. few years as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, I feel. I mean, people who listen to this podcast will know my business partner is Perry Groves mm. on it. So, and you know, occasionally I know when he when he sort of forgot his Arsenal blazer and in moments like that, he gets very upset with himself because he knows he should be doing things and having it on and, and doing as he sees it the Arsenal way and doing things right. But just it's all about. So there's been obviously a very big, not not a big incident. There was an incident with Wilshire, for example. Let's say, how do you feel? players maybe like modern day footballers are sort of managed in a, in a PR sense at the moment because you had the incident the other day where Wilshire being caught sort of smoking and he's in the past sort of t- spoken about how he won't do it again and things like that I mean what if you've ever been approached I'm not sure if you've really dealt with the, the sort of modern day sports millionaire but like how would you well, what advice would you give at the moment well, I'm not sure it's a, such a PR issue it's, a, it's, it's an issue for him personally as to how he does it should a professional but it must affect his PR in the sense that brands are going to be, want to be more associated with players who maybe are I don't, I don't know I mean, some brands want to be associated with bad boys some, ba- some brands want to be associated but, but it's still with affecting them one way or I mean, another it, you know it could be you know it could be perceived as you know kind of adding to his value I mean, we used to represent one of our clients was uh, one of those uh, vapor e-cigarette uh, companies. As soon as um, Wilshire was caught smoking, we sent an offer from this uh, from the vape cigarette company to say, "Hey, you know, come and work for us." Don't actually. So for us, we turned it into a positive on behalf of one of our clients. So who knows whether it's good or bad? Whether he wants to be perceived as a good boy or a bad boy? I guess that depends on Wilshire and what brand he wants to do. Personally, I think you know, if you're a professional athlete, you don't drink, you don't smoke. You've only got a short window of your life to do stuff, and you know, I think that's what you've got to do. And however good you are at PR. 
are about it. If you're caught sneak, you know, smoking a sneaky cigarette, that to me is bad news for any footballer brand. I don't think we as fans expect professional athletes to do that. When sort of fans look at Arsenal and they'll moan about the ticket prices, which are high, and they do affect the ability for, for people to go who might want to go. Is there a bit of you that also looks and goes, actually, we should be really grateful because we've got some really talented, good people running the club and we are a really good brand and people want to work with us and that it's, the long term of the club is actually very healthy? Is that a mindset you would have? I think like, and everyone's had their own interaction with the club. You know, whenever I had an issue or a problem, you know, I've always been really impressed about how Arsenal dealt with it, you know, the stuff when we moved from the new state to the new stadium from the old stadium with my dad who was kind of getting a bit sort of, you know, couldn't walk really anymore, getting the seats changed in the in the new stadium and sorted out for that. They were absolutely brilliant about it, I have to say. <laughs> and, you know, they, they cared that I've been going for a number of years and they sorted out. So, th- you know, that's the Arsenal way that we're talking about. They do do things the right way. Um, and, you know, for me, that forms a lot of my opinion of the brand. Everyone has their own I- interaction with it. Everyone maybe feel slightly differently but I, th- I think you know that what they do is quite right and then you know I think you know people invest in that a lot yeah if the club are listening and uh, want to enhance my um, arrangement <laughs> with the club <laughs> I think we still need a couple more tickets for uh, Monaco away so feel free to, to get in touch if anyone is listening but Michael you just very briefly before we, we come on to the goalkeeper situation and looking ahead to Middlesbrough you're, you're leaving the country I mean you must be very sad you're going to miss Arsenal you're going to Hong Kong I am indeed. Uh, it was one of the deciding factors. Was uh, was can I actually leave like the club that I go and watch every week and like continuously read about on a day to day basis and do spreadsheets s- as well and do spreadsheets. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's it's a big life decision. Um, and Hong Kong isn't exactly the most football friendly time zone either. I was trying to work out. I'll be up watching the Monaco game at three thirty in the morning. So uh, if there's anyone listening out in Hong Kong, there, uh, there must be a supporters, supporters club. club. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah. If not, that's, and, and, and I'm sure many expats. Yeah, many expats. Uh, if not, you'll uh, you'll be starting something up. Sure, in no oh, time. Absolutely. Okay. Well, look, just very briefly then. Let, let's look ahead to to the game against Middlesbrough. But firstly, um, Graham Ospina. Very impressive in those first few games, but arguably there's been some criticism that can be made in the last couple of games. We assume with Wenger he might bring, I think he'll bring Wojciech back in for the FA Cup game. Would that be the right decision in your mind? And then do you assume he'll stay in the team? I, I kind of feel like maybe this is, he's, he's been naughty, smoked in the showers. Um, maybe that's good for his PR, maybe not, as we've discussed. But ultimately, he's still being spoken about as a number one. So do you expect him to stay in the team? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's close between them. From what I've seen of Ospina, I thought he's quite a good keeper and I've been quite impressed by him. I think our issue is that neither of them are quite number ones. Um, they'll both be brilliant number twos, but I'm not sure they're number ones. I thought with Chesney, if he'd have carried on his improvement that he certainly showed in his first few seasons, every season he seemed to be improving, I thought, and getting stronger. And then the last sort of season a bit, he's had a few wobbles and it's tailed off. I don't know why. Um, but, you know, I, I, he hasn't actually become the fully rounded great keeper that I thought he might become. And, you know, my opinion is they're both good, but actually if you look at other teams, the teams above, if you look at Chelsea and uh, Man City, I think they probably got better first choice keepers than we have. Yeah, well Chelsea might have two better keepers and I think we got, if we saw Petr Cech again, just brilliant form for, for Chelsea in that victory over Everton the other day. And even, the, you know, even we talk about Lloris the other day as well, I think is a fab keeper. Yeah. And, you know, he was linked with us repeatedly before he ended up uh, joining Spurs and, you know, also might have been a good shout. A- any indication if uh, Wojciech will be back in the team? 
you'll hear tomorrow at the press conference. You will hear, you will hear <laughs> which you can then watch in its entirety on the Arsenal player. Correct. But I mean, have you, yeah. Ospina, is he, how's his English? Is he? I uh, know, he was in the Giroud video for Paddy Power. I noticed <laughs> when the when Giroud was obviously as, as we we mentioned it in our Nigerian section, which of course you won't have heard. But you know, Giroud being named the hottest Premier League player by its 250 American women, although Graham's slightly dubious as to whether these things really take place. But Ospina been uh, you know good he, initial presence. He's uh, settled in. I think he's settled in well, and uh, he's. Uh, yeah, he's got a good relationship with um, with you know lots of players. He, he he loves hanging out with the French contingent at the club, um, so that's probably why he was in that Giroud uh, Giroud video. But yeah, he's he settled in well, I think. And um, yeah, I mean it's an interesting battle between the two of them, isn't it? But I think it's uh, it keeps them both on their toes. Does he have a view on this uh, chant that the fans have been doing? Like when he's taking a goal kick, there's ooh Spina. I love it. I, love it. I don't know if he loves is it. Is it not really annoying? I sort of worry it's like going to... There'll be a time, won't there, if he plays long enough. There'll be a time when he, they do it and he miskicks something and it goes to someone. And maybe that'll be the end of it. There, there needs to be a rule, really. It's, it's, oh, it should be rules. There should be a and rule. And he spreadsheets like, with the rules. No, no, no. Okay. If, it, if it's passed back to him, it's, it's a no-no. But for place kicks, it's <laughs> absolutely fine. Okay. Maybe you could sort of prepare a document we could put on every seat ahead of the, uh, oh, the yeah, game against Middlesbrough on Sunday. Happily get involved so, that. Rules. Okay. Well, this is the sort of thing we need red action this for. Red action, yeah. Yes. Get in touch with red action and they'll sort it out. Yeah, yeah we'll sort them out. Um, just quickly, Michael, Ospina or Chesney for you at the moment? Chesney on Sunday, presumably. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I expect Chesney to come back into the team on Sunday. Um, but for me at the moment, Ospina's not doing anything to suggest that he won't be the number one for the next few games at least anyway oh okay um, you think Ospina will be back in after the FA Cup yeah I, I think he will I, I have quite a different opinion on Chesney as everyone else everyone else seems to think he's quite cocky I think it's quite the opposite um, but he has he's a, hiding his I think he's yeah no um, I think he is quite he, self-assured I, 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 I base it on the fact that what, when you look at a confident goalkeeper they're the ones that come for crosses and they're the ones that take the touches outside the area and when you're hesitant in that I think that's when it shows signs of like he's a bit nervous around those sorts of positions okay. yeah, I think it actually might be quite good taking him out of the team for a bit as well Yes, I think it, that, it won't that, do him any harm that's what I mean I thought maybe he's learnt, he's had his little lesson little break and well, there was a little bit back. of that last season wasn't there and he came back yeah. stronger yeah. Didn't he? exactly yeah. no, he wouldn't be the, I mean even you know, Man City Pellegrini took Joe Hart out here mm. played Caballero and he's come back in so just very quickly as we, we go to, towards the end the fifth round game against Middlesbrough on Sunday, Wilshere should be back. That was, I think that was the news. Well, I'm sure there's going to be more in Arsenal World about this in, in the next 24 <laughs> or 48 hours ahead of the game. Now, we've done this week's episode, so uh, they'll be, it'll be on the website. You'll see it on the website. But, okay. But Wilshere, I think, that is, is going to be back. Is that, is that right? But, uh, there's a chance he may be back. Yeah. Okay. Um, Keeping your cars very close to your chest. <laughs> very You'll have to wait and see what the boss then says. Then the question, Graham, is has he been missed as much as we, I mean, we once thought we might miss someone like him being out for as long as he has? Well, in the way we're playing, answer is no. Would I like to see him at Wilshire at his best playing for Arsenal? I think is is a fantastic player. You know, sort of cigarettes or not, I think he's a brilliant player. And uh, you know, I'd like to see him playing a lot more. So you know, I think he's been missed based on his potential, not necessarily what he's done this season. But it's a quite an injury plagued season. But you know, I think he's a great player and, and and can go and get a lot better. So where does he slot in? Well, that's the problem. That's the million dollar question. But isn't that a nice problem to have? Exactly. Hmm. 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, what would you do, Michael, on Sunday? If, if we'll shoot? Not, I presumably not, we'll defense, shoot. Not, in, not as a defensive midfielder like England player, I don't think. I don't think it's lots in there. No, but I think he he's naturally wants to get forward, doesn't he? And Coquelin's doing that job so well at the moment. So I yeah. think that position... Coquelin, I think that's yeah. his for now, maybe. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking personally here. This mm. is my opinion. This is um, not the views, this of, is not the views of Arsenal Football Club. Club. Um, so I think that that's, that's Coquelin's position. So Jack has to find somewhere around that yeah. and uh, that's the challenge him and Kazora might be quite nice but mm. it's very, very small central midfield where does Ramsey go and where, you know, all these other problems well, we have well Ramsey's out now for a while isn't he I think they said uh, two it looks like a, yeah I saw about four on the uh, mail online yeah. other websites are available as well if you, if you like them um, just a score prediction then Michael Sunday Middlesbrough you, you confident we'll be through right, to that quarterfinal I, I mean this is my last game for quite some time wow. so I'm hoping yeah, this for, is, uh, yeah we're ha- there's going to be there's a lunch beforehand is, everyone's invited everyone's invited pizza papagone Stroud Green um, <laughs> But, uh, oh, yeah, you're I'm, approving there, Graham. Yeah, You've yeah, also yeah, popped yeah. in. It's a good one. Yeah, isn't it? good, we yeah. should we should have got some sort of free pizza out of this. We didn't really think this through. We should have approached them first and said, "We'll give you a plug." Loads of Arsenal fans listen. <laughs> they might come to 131 Stroud Green Road for their pizza on Sunday ahead of the game. Could we have a free one for this doing go, this? This goes out tomorrow, so let's give them a call after yeah. the show. <laughs> That's true. Right? No, we've got to edit this appropriately. Okay. No, but you you think you get, so? Last game, we're going to give you a good send off. I'd, I'd hope so. I'd hope for a three-four nil. To be honest. Um, really but they're in good form okay they are in very good, confident yeah. Nigel we, we... they are in good form but um, they're coming to the Emirates aren't they yep, and, yep. Uh, oh, the, yes they went to the Etihad and they did the job there but can they do it twice in a row who knows I think this means this means a lot to Arsenal this one and um, there's a big chance of retaining a trophy isn't there um, be interesting because uh, the, the manager's um, uh, was uh, Jose's assistant, wasn't he? Jose Mourinho's assistant at yeah, Real Madrid. Well, yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how how they line up. And yes, I think he's got a Chelsea player on loan and a Spurs player on loan as well. He's so. got Patrick Bamford mm. definitely on loan mm. to Chelsea. Well, let's mm. hope Wenger has a slightly better record against this guy than he does against Mourinho. Mm. Um, and Graham, your prediction, your score prediction? I think we'll win. I think it'll be a tough game. If you, I'm try, I was trying to work out on the way here tonight. If you're top of the division down, what would that put you in the, Premier in the Premiership? Mm. And it put you mid table. So, uh, you know, at least. So it's 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 definitely not a shoe in, and we're going to have to play well. And they're on a on good form. But you'd definitely fancy us to win by at least a goal or two. I, would have I think so. At home as well. Our home form has been has been good, hasn't it? Yeah. So. But I think we were being the FA Cup. They'll have quite a lot of fans down mm. as well yeah. with the uh, allocation they get. Absolutely. Okay. Well, we'll just close with the most important question of all: Who's going to be on the pitch at half time on Sunday? Well, now this is the uh, <laughs> this is the question. Uh, I at the moment. We never like to say who it is oh, because okay. yeah. uh, just, I'm aware of this just problem. <laughs> People don't always show. Just in case uh, it doesn't happen. However, we do have someone booked, and it's uh, someone from the 1980s era. Nice uh, era. But um, so hopefully he'll yeah okay. he'll 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 be good. But um, I have asked about uh, about it before, saying oh can I tweet who it is and stuff like that. And the club are quite keen to sort of say well it's best not to because we don't want obviously to let down the fans if they no. if we suddenly go oh yes we've got Thierry Henry and then Thierry goes well actually I've I like got the to go idea of something else. I like so, the idea I could ask for a refund on the basis of the person <laughs> who didn't appear at half time. That's why I came. Yeah. I already came forty minutes into yeah. these half time. I was off. Well, I think the other night if we'd have said you know uh, Lee Dixon and Ian Wright are here, I mean that's yeah. that's such a massive ma- it's huge. Huge, huge legends to have pitch side at half time, and um, if for some reason one of the, you know that one of them couldn't show up, I think the fans would have been disappointed. Yeah, so it's best yeah, not to say anything until 
yes, they're in the ground. And then um, I'll let you know just after my mascot interview. That's normally when I do it. So if you get there and see the mascot interview, then okay. that's when I'll trail it. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing that at about 4.50, I guess, on Something Sunday like afternoon. Yeah. Hopefully it is it's 4 o'clock, yeah. isn't it? 4 o'clock. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, we'll, we'll be back, of course, next Thursday. But, yeah, huge savings. There are three people making their debuts today on the podcast, which is the first time that's happened possibly since I've begun involvement in the podcast. So a big thanks to Michael. Good luck in Hong Kong. Yeah, Hope Arsenal sure. sends you off. Um, with Nigel, you know, we, we look forward to, to hearing you for many more years to come. Thank and, and Graham, thank you. thank you so much for giving, giving us your insights. So we, uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.